like a cool breeze coming down from a frozen hill. You are listening to an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here he is, Darius, Teddy. From the chillin' podcast studios in the frozen hills near Storybrook, I am Teddy the Yeti. I love spaghetti, but not confetti. And you are listening to the cool sounds of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. So... Ladies, gentlemen, ice queens, evil queens, reindeers, troll rock thingies, and warm-hearted snowmen, Once Upon a Time Podcast.com and Rony Zone Media present the hosts of the coolest Once Upon a Time podcast ever. Put your hands and paws together for Jeff and Colleen Roney. Everyone, welcome back. Hello. To our main show mm-hmm. about the episode entitled Rocky Road. The episode number is 246. The show notes for this episode can be found at once upon a time podcast.com slash two four six. And no one knows this, but I try and play little fun songs on the headphones before <laughs> we begin. Yes, you do. And this time I played the theme from Jay Ward's Super Chicken mm-hmm. and I did the motions, the hand motions it was that I was complete with hand up. motions. So anyway, because sometimes I want us to be more peppy and up and <laughs> so that's what I that's what I try and do. I was then. dying laughing. Yeah. It was very funny. I wish I had videotaped it because it was quite amusing actually. <laughs> that would have been something. So but yeah, we did rewatch the episode Rocky Road. Mm-hmm. And I got hungry again for Rocky Road ice cream. Mm-mm. And we have a few a few things that we wanted to discuss. So let's go ahead and talk about... I don't think we have any news. Do we have mm. any news? I can't think of any. I don't recall hearing anything. All right. Let's roll into this. Jeff and Colleen ain't no strangers to telling you what they think. It's about that time. For views from the studio on the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. There is a bit of news, but we'll handle that in the emails. Oh, okay. So, I know that you had a couple of things. The The one thing that really stuck out to me is, it's interesting, it's almost like a toss back to like the Searchers or Star Wars, is that these some of these events that happen in these shows happen in a bar or in a restaurant. And so when Regina brought the 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 comic books to mm-hmm. Henry, she brought it to Granny's. Right. And then she because Henry's too young to go to the rabbit hole. True, but but <laughs> Regina really laid out her plan quietly, but in Granny's. I know. I mean, all the people walking by and all the people listening and all this kind of thing, and I was like, I don't know why you would want to do that, but. She did. She felt comfortable sharing her little secret plan. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there wasn't really anybody. Yeah. Operation Mongoose. Which, I mean, if you're going to name your operation after something, you know, something that kills cobras. Sure. Why not? Yes. And so that was my only thing watching it for a second time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that really stood out for me was... The fact that the Snow Queen 
seemed to be grasping at straws as to why she was doing the thing she was doing when Elsa confronted her about hurting Marion. I, I was trying to teach you a lesson. Really? That was really rather contrived. Okay. So how much can we trust from her? Right. It, it just The other thing that did kind of strike me is that she's very cold. Sure. Literally and I think figuratively. Because she didn't seem to be really all that upset about her sister's death. And we talked about that a little bit before, but it really kind of hit home again. And not only that, she, you know, even her, oh, you poor girl, was very... Um, non-emotional, frankly. Well, she's reminiscent of, to me, of somebody else that we've seen before, and that would be... Cora. Cora. Yeah. Now, a lot of different reasons. Cora was cold, didn't really care, just she had a focus and a direction she was going in. Mm -hmm. But also, Cora set up other people for her shenanigans. Mm -hmm. So when Cora did the little Archie thing and Pongo and all that kind of thing. Everybody was looking for Regina. Right. But it wasn't Regina. It was Cora. Right. And so we're seeing it again. We are seeing it again. The Snow Queen is covering her tracks by blaming everything on Elsa. Probably to teach her a lesson. Well, but here's the other thing I'm thinking is maybe her heart is frozen. Okay. Cora's behavior was because Cora didn't have her heart inside her body. Whereas the Snow Queen's heart may just be really frozen. Well, that's a good point. And that does reflect back on the Snow Queen story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So that was the big thing that I, I came up, up with on the rewatch. Yes. I mean, I loved this episode. That was a great episode. Absolutely. And there's also a lot of different points that are going to come up in the great emails yeah. that we got. Oh, yeah, as yeah. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, there were some things that, yeah, that came up in the emails. I didn't want to step on those. So, we'll, yep. we'll let our listeners kind of bring those points up and we'll talk about them. Teddy, take it away. Hey, everybody. Thanks for dropping us a line at feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Let's take a look at what you all had to say. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the mailbag? I got the mailbag right here. Yep. Right next to the bagels, cream cheese, and we got coffee and tea. Mm. So, yum, yum. I don't like to discuss prior episodes, but this email came in from Jeff and not me. A and different Jeff. has some fantastic points about blackouts and power lines. Oh. So, we were kind of venting a little bit about how crazy it was that. You know, the power lines are being snapped and all this, and the transformer fell over, and how come the lights... Anyway, right. so let me read this from Jeff, who we met at the Friends of the Magic. Nice. So, uh, there was a lot of talk in a short period of time about the power lines. Why didn't Marshmello knocking out the li- lines in the city cause a blackout? Why did turning a pump on restore power without fixing the lines broken by the wall, etc.? Marshmallows attacked during the marshmallow attacked during the day, so while some places did lose power, there wouldn't be a noticeable blackout. The power line was knocked out by the ice wall. Was the main supply line coming from the power plant that the town gets its power from? Snow turned on the backup generator, which is why fuel was needed and wasn't already loaded into the system, which supplied 
emergency backup power to the town while they're unable to get power from the main power station outside. This might be something people who have experience, like I do, would think about. I worked for a building where I needed to know how the generators function in case of a power loss, but I found it completely logical and made sense in the show. Jeff. That's excellent points. So, uh, again, I, I didn't consider it, but the, the fuel would f- basically generate power. Right. Until, yeah. It, well, it was, it was to turn on the generator, right? Yes. The generator has to get a power source other than electricity because the generator supplies electricity. So if it's got to have a different power source, which makes sense for the fuel. And again, I didn't realize that they were turn, that she was turning on the backup generator. See, in my head, I'm, and this is where that deleted scene actually should have been kept true, in because true. the deleted scene, Regina mentioned the backup generator. So that right. whole thing about leaving that scene out was actually a mistake because for those of us who are logical and I'm far too logical sometimes, it looked like what the heck but this that this very thorough explanation thank you very much jeff Mm -hmm. and hello again yes um that very much answers the questions because i and makes more sense and we're not from a town or area where this is important but of course now it it, when i read this it does click and ring a bell in that whenever you get a generator when it powers out what do you need Gas or some type some of fuel, other type of fuel, to start this generator up to get power to, going. Right, exactly. So it makes exactly. perfect sense. So Jeff, thank you very yeah. much for that. Yeah. I, you're helping us understand. So yes, and thanks yes, so much. You're right. You're absolutely right. So no, thank you very much. And I hope we see you again yeah. soon. Maybe yeah. the next Friends of the Magic, or maybe before. This next email is from Alina, and it says, "I do." Part of it, uh, it says, I do think the Snow Queen is the reason why snow was born in the hardest of winter. That's one of those lines where, you know, it's said and it doesn't kind of click until later. But that's what Johanna had said about right, snow. Right, So that could be. I, I do think that maybe there's a lot more connections yeah. that we have not seen as yet. Yeah. The next email is from Katie. Katie says, Colleen and Jeff, I'm a relatively new listener within the last year, and I've always wanted to write in, but never really got around to it. Well, here are my thoughts. Again, with the lost memories, this is literally the problem with every curse, which is maybe the point, but also kind of repetitive. That's true. That's, yeah. again, once they start to put little things in their bag of tricks, it's always in the bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I hear you, but yep. <laughs> it's it's on the table. So. It seems that that is part of the uh, side effects of curses. And also covering up of trouble with the storyline. Sure. Just drink <laughs> drink this and forget your memories and all right, that. Right, right. So, all right, I will continue. I was re-watching the episode where Belle and Neil brought Rumpel back from the dead, and I noticed the way he rises from black goo, whatever that is looks like the same as the way Elsa rises from the blue goo and how the Snow Queen rises from the gold goo. It's actually white, but okay. It's a the goldish goo. white. Yes. It, it had to, I understand mm-hmm. where she got the gold because it did kind of look a little bit goldish okay. to me too. After being in the urn. It also, it makes sense that the Snow Queen and Elsa come out of the urn similarly, but I wonder if there's a connection to Rumpel's rebirth also. 
I wonder if the colors of the goo mean something. So, Similar to the way smoke colors tend right. to mean something. I would imagine the goo represents who the person is. Dark one would have been black. Right, right. And that was all the dark ones mm-hmm. combined into one. Um, and then we have Elsa, who is very blue, and then the Snow Queen, who's white. She's got some gold on her, too. Yes. So mm-hmm. I, that makes total sense to me that the color represents who it is. So, for example, if Zelina had had the same thing, I would imagine hers would have come out green. Right. Just, and just I would agree. I, I think she's onto something. I think the colors do mean something. Yes. And we know that the urn almost kind of is like a Pandora's box for mm-hmm. these these beings, human beings that have this magical snow power. So anyway, that's a great connection. I, I had actually forgotten about Rumple being reborn or coming back right. into this black goo. Well, so here, great, great. Here's something that you just said that kind of sparked. If you think about it, the urn, urns normally contain what? Ashes. Ashes, which are the yeah. product of what? Death and then burning. Fire. Right. The the girls came out of it liquid form, mm-hmm. which is the softer byproduct or version of ice. Right. Yeah. Fire and yeah. ice, so yeah. opposites. Okay. So having them in an urn is kind of an interesting way to keep keep tabs on them. Yes, indeed. Because it's the opposite of what an urn normally is used for. All right, I will continue. When Snow is holding the town meeting, she reminded me of the Statue of Liberty. She was holding a baby instead of a tablet and a meeting agenda instead of a torch. But I still saw a resemblance. I did some research, and the torch is supposed to symbolize peace and progress, and the tablet is supposed to represent law. I felt like the baby and the meeting agenda also, along with Snow's personality, cover these areas as well. Peace, law, and progress. That's yeah, very it's good. It's a very interesting connection. That, Yeah. Looking the way you described it, I would mm-hmm. have never thought of that, but that's Mm-mm. true. That is very true. Very, very interesting. All right. Uh, the next part. It's interesting that Rumpel and Belle are together. Belle is the most incorruptible person ever, whereas Rumpel strays down the wrong path constantly. I guess they complete each other, but personally, I think Belle deserves so much better. Not to say that I don't love their relationship. And that's true. And they say opposites attract. True. And he is a rascal most of the time. Yes. But. Uh, I do love her Jerry Maguire reference too, by the way. Yeah. That was quite funny. Yes. <laughs> so, but I, I hear you, but I think it's one of those, why are they together? And then sometimes we say that in real life. I better just move on. Yeah. All right. Uh, what will Hook have to give up for his hand? And we had talked about this mm-hmm. long time ago, is that that hand is somewhere. Yeah. And we were talking about when Dr. Whale went to Gold Shop mm-hmm. and he had his arm in this. Reattached in the he Reattached my arm. So yeah. Gold has done this before. Oh, yeah. And so we had kind of talked about it. And so anyway, I wonder what the trade will be. It'll be really, if, well. If, in fact, unless that Unless Hook resorts to blackmail yet again. Right. Because he still could. Mm-hmm. He really still could. Yes, indeed. Uh, Gold tried to take the high road and be good, and his son died. So I wonder if subconsciously 
he regrets choosing good because in the end, being good couldn't save his son. And maybe that is why he's reverting back to his old ways. And I, Anything's possible. I would say that that's a, that's a short line of people, but actually Regina would be in the same line. She's chosen good and she's done good things. And in the end, especially season two, she just kept saying, look, what is being good done for me? And she right. mentioned it last season as well. well there's been points season, where, yeah, there's been points where why be good? It doesn't get me anything good. Right. And so, you know, Rumpel, that's right. And and I think that's why he's switching the dagger back and forth and all that because he doesn't really trust the being the good guy. Well, and here's the other thing. It comes back to what we just said a couple minutes ago, which is the fact that the dark one, mm-hmm. when he came back, he had all the dark ones, right? I believe it so. Was, it was where all the dark ones were. Right. So he may have been influenced by them somehow. So that may be a, a war that's still mm-hmm. waging within him. Just throw that out there. Yes. Why are the townspeople so mad about the ice wall it's not like they leave anyway and that's true you never hear about team seven going to vegas or or anyone leaving and going anywhere (laughs) well and with this curse are they even allowed to because remember the town is pretty much hidden still right is it protected yeah yeah okay because otherwise you'd have like eight trillion people wandering through so maybe just maybe kind of like fans (laughs) all right anyway yeah. No, I'm yep. just saying maybe it's got a protection spell like it had before. Yeah. All right. When David told the story about his father, his father said that he needed to be better for the boy or something along those lines. And he failed. As a kid, I suspect he would have felt like he wasn't important enough or meaningful enough to get for, to his father to get him to change. I want to understand more of David's childhood and how he became this way despite his father's impact on him. Hmm. I hope we learn that as well. We've learned different pieces and different parts, yeah. but not the entire story. Right. So. And I, I would I would wager that his mother had a lot to do with it because I'm suspicious that he might have acted out when his father died at first mm-hmm. and maybe even said something to Ruth. Like, you know, didn't he love me enough to blah, 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 blah. And then Ruth may have been the one to kind of correct him and keep him on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And also just my suspicion. And also that's probably why she really wanted to make sure and and was so happy when he got married. Right. She never really got that happiness and he want she wanted him to have Mm -hmm. the happiness that she really never had. Right. And with the ring and the the Mm -hmm. tearful goodbye and then when she was dying Mm -hmm. and saw them get married, Mm -hmm. you know, that that those are all little pieces to the uh, charming puzzle. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. uh, Favorite line. Hey, Dairy Queen. And everyone is really (laughs) focusing on the Dairy Queen, but I'm actually focusing on the hay. Mm-hmm. Which is what Charming said as yep. well as oh, Emma as well. Yeah, exactly. When whenever they're faced with this challenge, like a dragon mm-hmm. or the evil queen or whatever, yeah. they say hey and do some something. Do something or so, hey right. somebody. I find I it's a very useful expletive. 
but right. it's not really an expletive. Right. It's exclamation. Yeah. It's a it's a it grabs your attention. We use that with a uh, lady, yeah. the dog. Oh yeah. When she's focused on something, like a sound or something outside, and we want to snap her out of it because she's so prey driven. Yeah. And so food driven, she's yeah. just locked on, and yeah. sometimes you have to hey. Yeah. And uh, louder than that, but I mean oh, to kind of yeah. get her snapped out of it, and uh, so yeah. yeah. All right, and ladies over here napping. By the way, all right. We heard her bark in the last episode. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I'm thinking Emma pulling out her powers when she needed them to save Hook. It's like when a mother suddenly summons tremendous strength to lift a car off her baby. When one of the things we love most is in danger, we can accomplish superhuman feats to save them. That's true. And we also know that magic is really fueled by emotion. So... If you care about someone saving someone, yeah. you're you're going to go there and and it's amazing save them. the strength you can gain when you need it. Yeah, like Colleen, I'm also skeptical skeptical about whether the Snow Queen is actually Elsa's aunt. Maybe she is one. Maybe she is the one who cursed Elsa in the first place. If she is Elsa's aunt, maybe she, while she was angry with her sister for treating her like a monster, cursed her sister's baby. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be. Maybe the Snow Queen herself has a frozen heart. Ah, I didn't... I, I, I didn't I, catch that either when she said it. I didn't scoop that, but yeah. anyway, we did yeah. kind of think about that before. And, so I And that would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And... All right, I will continue. I predict that we'll get a nice, juicy serving of her past, just like we did with Zelina, and maybe we'll even feel some sympathy for her. Yeah. Possibly. That's what they do to these evil characters, is that we see where they have come from. Right. And we may not necessarily feel sympathy, but we at least understand. Like, Zelina, I didn't feel much sympathy for her. Uh I still thought she was a great villain, but I just, um, and a lot of people disagree with me, but whatever. She, I didn't feel the sympathy for, but at least understood where she was coming from. I at least understood why she did the things she did. Although I would never have stooped to that point, but. I will continue with Katie's email. I like the act of taking someone's heart has transformed so much. It used to be purely an evil act and usually ended with someone being manipulated or killed. However, more recently has taken on a different air when snow has Regina take her heart out so she can split it and share it with David. It is an act of love, not just on snow's part, but on Regina's too, because she cares about snow. And when Regina pulls out Marion's heart, she does it out of love for Robin. And I think even a love for Roland too. Now it it is about love and survival, not death and destruction. Fantastic point. Yeah, I. Fantastic yeah, point. Yeah. And even when she took it out, when Regina took her own heart out, it wasn't to be destructive. It when she had Robin kind of control it and take care of it before they mm-hmm. got you know took care of Zelina. I, that was purely so that she could protect herself from. Zelina and protect everyone else from Zelina. So there was a selflessness about that as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, I'm afraid. I mean, because Regina is not afraid of anything, but she 
did it so that she could protect everybody from Selena. Yep. I love that out of all the fairy tales, Hook is the one that ends up with Emma. Just because if you had told me in season one that that would have even been a remote possibility, I would have thought that was ridiculous. If you go back to the first episode and they interact, the first episode that they interact in, he tells her that she needs him alive to survive. And now in season four, we actually have gotten to the point where she does need him alive to survive. Not just not in the same way. I love how their relationship has evolved. And I tip my hat off to Adam and Eddie for making all of this happen. And I know there's really a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. feelings for a lot of different people about Emma and Hook. Um, We go where the story of the show is going. Right. We will voice our feelings here and there, Mm -hmm. but we go where the story of the show is going. Sure. And I think they've done a fine job, and I think people do have, you know, sometimes sometimes we say, not everyone, but sometimes we say to the TV, look, Emma, Hook's right there. He cares about you. He's been through all this stuff. He's fought, He could have left you. He could have, you know, slept with the woman over there in the port. He could have gone with the woman at Granny's at one time. He could have done all these different things, sure. but he stayed true to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a bobble here and there, whatever. But he, he has stayed true to you, so just go to him. But there's these feelings that people have from the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're... Love isn't as love easy as we we grew up watching in the 50s. In those old movies where mm-hmm. it's just, I'm going to leave all my life behind to be with this person like in a Disney movie, it's not mm-hmm. that simple. Right. It, there's a lot of different levels to it. Yep. And I love all the different levels to it. And Emma's just being truthful. Everyone I've been, and we were talking about this after we watched the episode. <clears throat> She's a sheriff. And sheriffs are always targets yeah. of, of the evil characters of whatever. And that she was so mad at Hook for not going to the sheriff's office to be safe, which also reminded me of Kristoff not obeying Elsa. Right. So Hook and Kristoff were kind of very similar. And yeah. I think the whole idea where we see Elsa warming up to Kristoff, Emma <laughs> slowly warming up to Hook as well, but they're very, that whole, it's a wrestling match, but they're very similar. But let me get back to Hook is that, they he's gone all this way but now emma is being totally honest Mm -hmm. i mean she kissed him and she has feelings for him and she said so but now we get down to the bottom to the truth of the matter she says everyone i've been with has died she's a sheriff if there's gonna be a bad guy they're gonna either hurt her kill her or kill him Mm -hmm. or um kidnap him yeah. There's always the, the, the person that the the hero cares so much about, they're the bigger target almost than the hero. Exactly. Because then that's a bargaining chip. Sure. So it's it, I just kind of 
that went off today when we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so. it did. And that's true. It's very much like a superhero complex. Right. Where the superheroes, you know, their loved ones are never safe because they're always going to be a bargaining chip, so to speak. Yeah. To get the superhero to do what the villain wants or whatever. Absolutely. With big love, Katie. Thanks so much, Katie, for yeah. that email. And so, Colleen, I would like for you to help me with the next email, please. Okay. Well, first starters, my is in agreement with me. No nuts in the food. <laughs> yeah, this email from my. So, yes. yes. <laughs> no nuts in her food. High five on that. Um, <clears throat> first thing she talks about is townspeople. They are coming off a bit crabby. So what is that? An Archie? I mean, he stood there and watched her struggle with the stroller. And and instead of psychoanalyzing her, he probably should have just kind of helped her out with that. Yep. So that's what Maya is talking about. And then, um, you know, she's talking about Regina and her whole, you know, how she's handling the Robin situation. She's very mature about it, which is great. So she's, you know... She's being very mature about it, which I agree with her. I agree with her that that's what she's doing. Now, the whole, um, <laughs> she talks about bribing her son and telling him half-truths is what got her in trouble in the first place. So, you know, no bribing. And she hasn't done that. She's been very honest and straightforward, and she's um, she's doing the, the right thing by telling Henry the truth and telling him exactly what's going on. And that whole Operation Mongoose now is kind of funny, so... Um, she brings up a point. She says, actually, Emma does defend Regina back in 3B. She acts like she doesn't want the townspeople. She acts True. like she doesn't like Regina with the townspeople, but that was to throw them off the case. Right. So, but she's always defending her. And that's true. But, and then she says, but the last member she has is of the woman gleefully murdering her mother, which is true because remember the memory from the, um, when they went back in time. Right. So, yeah, okay. so that may be impacting her subconsciously somehow, but I think um, more than anything, it's right now she's she's not taking the time. I don't know if she's still – I don't know what's going on with Emma. She needs to start defending Regina a little Well, bit. and what we meant is in this season when they right, were all exactly, in front of Granny. Exactly. That's, that's what we were – Exactly. But, but, yes, in the past she has. Yeah, so, in the past she has. Absolutely. So she has an afterthought. She says, couldn't Roland have kissed Marion? I mean – Robin knew it wasn't True Love's kiss, so why not have Roland try it, right? True. Which makes sense because it worked on the same thing with Henry. So uh, there's that. Um, she talked about Kristoff and his lines. She, he had some of the best lines. That idiot from the Southern Isles. Fine, Ocam disobeying her, but she'll be glad, Sven. You'll see. Technically, she wouldn't be a widow because we're not married yet. Well, I never tried to kill her. Dangerous urn, keep away. Right. And then no one thought to check if it was empty. He had some of the best snarky lines, which was kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> she likes the relationship between him and Elsa. And it's typical that we don't really know each other, but we have a person we truly care about in the middle. So we begrudgingly get along. And then the moment that Elsa realizes that he is on her side, somebody besides Anna is when she says, he is my friend. And she's crying at the time. And mm -hmm. so... Um, you know, that's a, a really good point. Uh, she talks about Golden Hook. So the whole blackmail scene. I mean, it paints the dynamic between a, their relationship perfectly. Um, what's interesting, and I thought that was a really good point, is that he had blackmail on Gold Hook. Could have asked for anything. 
because he knows that gold's never going to fess up. So what did he do? He asked for his help with finding out who cursed Marion to help clear Elsa's name. I mean, it's something that could very easily be fixed by just telling about the truth, right? But at the same time, he he could have asked him for anything. And what did he do? He selflessly, you know, asked for help with Elsa. I I don't want to take you off that, but I just want to say Charming Charming really did the same thing. He went into the gold shop and basically worked out a deal for help for Mm. anyway. So. No, nope, good point. And that's why these two, those two have a little bit of a bromance because mm-hmm. they are um, very similar. It's probably why Emma actually does like Hook so much is that on some level he reminds her of her father. Yep. Um, she's really not keen on Belle right now only because she's like, come on, you're, you're blind to this? Come on, you should totally be... <clears throat> well... Picking up on what's going on with your husband. Yes. And she says, I hope when Belle finds out, she wants her to be really mad and not some quick fix. And I agree with her. Belle needs a little more to do as well. She didn't really hardly say anything. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of an easy filming day. But anyway. Yeah. We hope. Yeah. She talks about Will Scarlet Mm -hmm. and how, excuse me, two sheriffs, that's just not fair. Uh, he's very much in character, and so she's really happy that he he's there. And then she brought up the point, which I thought was also really funny, is when Emma showed him up breaking into the ice cream shop, David's face mm-hmm. it was like, wait, what? And yeah. it was almost, there was a little bit of a, pr- a you know proud papa moment there that she was so capable. It was kind of funny that that whole exchange. Yeah, Neil taught me a few things. Um, let's see. Uh, Snow Queen. She's really confused as to who she is exactly. There's a theory that she was Emma's foster mother because the look she gave Emma meant she cared about Emma. So the moment Rumpel talks about her not remembering, it's like she regrets it but knows it's for the best. So Emma not remembering is what, you know, when Rumpel and and Snow Queen were talking, which I'd like to know if they're going to give her a name. Right. Like, we can't just call her Snow Queen all the time, right? She's got to have a name. Well, I did refer to... Well, we'll, we'll get to that. There's another email that okay. discusses that. So, yeah. Okay. So, with Elsa, she thinks maybe she was telling the truth in a few things. Like, did her fa- maybe her family did trap her, but was it because she was completely out of control? Uh, it's Anything is possible because we don't know why. I mean, Emma... Uh, Emma. Anna may really very well have been the one that trapped her in the urn. Not because she was in her right mind, but because she could have been influenced by the snow queen to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. She likes the fact that Elizabeth Mitchell is, uh, such a fantastic villain because she's very soft spoken. And most of these villains have been very flashy. So it's kind of a nice change to have this very soft spoken, very quiet, very manipulative, uh, one because Zelina was right in your face kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, but, Elizabeth Mitchell plays her very, very subdued, very mellow, very, uh, yeah, you wouldn't suspect anything from her. Oh, and we almost got a Sawyer <clears throat> shout out when Emma said, son of a. Oh, yeah. In the ice cream shop. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah. That's true. That yeah. is pretty funny. Um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> she talks about wingman Elsa giving Hook some Emma advice. So it's one of the reasons she really likes their friendship is because 
Emma understand or Elsa understands what Emma's going through. Mm-hmm. So she's able to give him that peace and that side of Elsa Emma. Wow. Interchangeable, driving me nuts. Elsa is able to give Hook some insight into Emma that she understands firsthand. The whole magic thing and the whole building the walls and and that sort of thing. See, that's what I think when when there's, for instance, high school, junior high, college, whatever. (coughs) Whenever a guy is interested in gal and he's talking to other guys about help and advice, Mm -hmm. there's never good advice from guys. Right. But if you can talk to another woman about it. Especially That's, someone who's her friend or who right, knows her well. Right. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the other female friend is not going to lay all the cards on the table, but it's going to give you some good advice because she yeah. comes from, she understands the other mm-hmm. gal and all this kind of thing. So yeah. I, I love that kind of thing is that Hook, for the first time as ways of the worldliness, he still needs to learn things and i think it's really great that he's learning from this new visitor right yeah an unbiased third party basically um she talks about em and her magic and the fact that it's the most powerful display of magic we've seen on the show now proof once again that emma's the most powerful person on the show or well that she will when she reaches her full potential she can be as powerful as or even more powerful than the dark one. We've always heard that love is the most powerful magic of all, and Emma's magic is pure love magic. So that's where she's coming from on this. Um, I, I would say she definitely has the potential to be a very powerful person, um, provided she can learn to control the magic. So, And then she brings up a really good point, and I have to, I have to bring this up as well, is that you know, Charming immediately running to Hook and desperately trying to free him by chopping at the ice with his little tiny knife. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Completely ineffective as we knew. However, I will bring this up. Remember that not very long ago, Charming actually asked Hook what his intentions were with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he was clearly very satisfied with the answer because he's running to save Hook. Yeah. So there is definitely uh, an appreciation and friendship and camaraderie and even love, I dare say, for Hook because he's good for Emma. So. Um, it's funny because when she can't, when it comes to saving herself, she can't summon magic, but saving her hook and her father, it's emotion. Magic is pure emotion. So Mm -hmm. that's where she's, you know, it's nothing's more emotional than saving the lives of two men she really loves. So, um, so, so she mentioned that Graham was mentioned. True. Yes. Neil was mentioned. Yes. And Walsh Absolutely. was mentioned. Absolutely. So we, we did get a mention of well, uh, all three. She basically laid out her, her love interest history for the last few years. Right. But, I mean, she said Neil taught her how to pick locks. And, and so, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. So um, she's really unhappy with Hook because she's afraid of losing him. And mm-hmm. that's she's got a great point. And it's interesting that she's willing to talk. She says that, you know, Emma's very willing to talk a and open up about her past because the Emma Swan we're used to a few seasons ago, a few episodes ago, wouldn't have stayed to talk with him and tell him what was wrong. She wouldn't have let her walls down, but this one did this Emma did. And she let him in. And so we got, you know, her wanting him to be safe, 
needing him to be safe and how mad he was that she didn't listen to her. And then she was furious and her magic was so strong. So she doesn't remember the magic being that strong before, aside with maybe Henry and Zelina. But the point is, Killian's life was on the line and Emma didn't even hesitate. She saved him. She had to save him. So uh, the talk before they kissed was what really kind of got through to her mm-hmm. is Emma opening up and letting him in, telling him why she's mad. And again, she, she was on the verge of crying. She was very vulnerable with him and she let her walls down and it's uh it was a, it was a great way to have her kind of blossom a little bit. So, um, interesting point that I kind of noticed and it didn't dawn on me when I was watching it, but she says, did you notice the wedding dress in the background? Mm-hmm. Right in the middle of them, there's a dress, a wedding dress behind her. And there's also a rainbow in the scene. Mm-hmm. So it could be some foreshadowing or it could just be kind of a one-off. Um, so, yeah. you know, who knows, who knows whether that'll be a, you know, a future thing or if it's just going to be like a kind of a symbol to say that their relationship is a a level of commitment uh, similar to marriage and and that uh, rainbows come out after a storm and, and that kind right of thing. Yeah. right yep. you know uh emma's life has been a huge storm and now this relationship could be the rainbow that comes out of it something that you know beautiful it comes out of a storm so it's uh it's been a fantastic season so far and she's loving the fact that this is very emma centric right now and um, she's loving the frozen parts of it and all kinds of things. So, uh, thank you, Mai. Thank you very much for that, Mai. This email is from Brad. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. I hope the snow is calm up there on the top of the frozen hills. Yeah, it's 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 calmer now. Yeah. No more no more big no snow monsters or storms yeah, or anything. Yeah, it's been good. Here are the things I've learned this week on the episode Rocky Road. Number one, don't order any sprinkles at any given Sunday. Yeah. That's true. Mm. That's bad. Mm. Sprinkles are not good. No. Number two, telling a man, can you for once just do what I say is a sure way to get him to do the opposite. And rather snotty too. Unfortunately, yes. That is true. Number three, there's no need to schedule an appointment with Dr. Hopper because he'll schedule it for you. <laughs> and he won't even help you put the baby in the stroller. And he won't tell you what time the appointment is either. No. He'll just surprise you. Woohoo! It's like Guess a what? mobile mobile psychology. Just follow <laughs> you around and just da-da. Yep. Let's, let's talk on the subway. All yep. right, number four. A court jester job, a court jester's job is never fully appreciated until they're gone. Well, that's true. <laughs> That that is very true, but I think we may see the court jester again. Yeah. Number five. It turns out taking back a kingdom is easier than a mayor's fireside chat. True. <laughs> and she didn't use a radio either. No. The, the town's so small, just call everybody in. And, and yet, that wasn't even half the town. I know. There's plenty of other people that should have been there that, oh, let's not get into that. Number six, the Enchanted Forest has terrible ice cream flavors. <laughs> Dirt and mud don't sound right. very good. Nope. Number seven, hot cocoa sales are up at Granny's. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, once Ruby left, you know. just Well, no we don't know that there. Ruby's gone. I know Ruby's gone. Well... I'll tell you if she's back. They didn't say Ruby left. Right. She just wasn't around. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Number eight, every phone needs an Emma button. Well, that's true. Yeah. There's many, many fans that wish there was. Can you imagine? Oh, dude. She would never get any sleep. Nope. Hello? 
Stop calling me. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of a scene. Yeah. But am I need? All right, number nine, the vault needs a good summer cleaning. Well, that's true. Or spring or winter anytime. Oh, sure. Just a nice, good, thorough cleaning, apparently. Number 10, if you're going to be a thief, at least have some morals and be an honest one. Wow. <laughs> I'll let you take that up with uh, Will Scarlet. Yeah. Observations, Will Scarlet. I realize that Will is a thief, and that's probably why he doesn't like sheriffs. But we also have to remember he came from the Sherwood Forest. From what I remember, the sheriff of Nottingham wasn't known for his pleasant demeanor. No, he was not. Not especially. White Witch. In this episode, Hans said to Elsa, enough witch, unless you want your sister to be a widow. It's this first. Is this the first time we've heard that word used toward a person with ice power? Also, the Snow's Queen's outfit, I'm sure you noticed, Jeff, was white. I did. Yes. Yeah. I've been calling that from the beginning. Yep. Regina. I absolutely loved Regina in this episode more than I ever have. She was down to earth. One of those stiff... Out of out those. of those stiff mare clothes, showing vulnerability again to Robin and relating with Henry. And I thought that was great, too. You know, and... I really did enjoy that when she knew so much and had all this information and was always one step ahead. But, you know, nothing against her, but it's just she wanted to try. And Mm -hmm. so she bought like six or seven comic books. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't know what you're reading now. But she understood that's what Henry enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And that was a starting point. You know, and there's a lot of great you know, people out there that try to help families and communication and all that. And they say, just start. Just yeah. do, don't worry about being right and being perfect. Make the just effort. Just start. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate it. And so, anyway, I'm not trying to railroad your email, but I mean, I, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, after everything that has happened, I wasn't sure what direction she was headed. Having her tell Henry the honest truth about what she's feeling and giving them a mission was phenomenal. Henry needs a better storyline, and what a better way to do it than put them both on a path to find the author. Some people say they aren't into this season. I say, what, are you crazy? Regina and Henry are teaming up to find the book's author, enough said. Fantastic. I love it. I think it's a great storyline. Grumpy. Grumpy likes to rile up the town by shooting first and asking questions later. (laughs) Uh, Maybe if he was ever wrongfully accused and somebody rescued him, he would understand and sympathize. But what are the odds of that happening? Dot, 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 dot. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Elsa. Does Elsa's magic take time to recharge because she wasted a lot of time before Hans took a sword to Kristoff's neck? I felt like I was watching it in slow motion. She could have taken them all out in no time. This was very a very frustrating scene, but then Hans got to turn to ice, so I'll take that. Yeah. Snow Queen. I love... Let me ask this question. I mean, based on the movie, once you fully turn to ice, you're done. Or is there a way to read? Once the heart is frozen, okay. you're 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 done. Okay. All right. Although in we'll Anna's case, an act of true love. That's what I'm 
trying to. So okay. there's a possibility All that right. yeah he could be unthawed. Okay. All right, Snow Queen. I love that they didn't drag her identity out for a few more weeks. We just met this Dairy Queen last week, and the town already knows who she is. I guess having two sheriffs pays off. Now let's get to the good stuff. True. Roland. Was anyone else screaming, have Roland kiss Marion? Well, you weren't the only one, brother. Yep. You ain't the yep. only one. It's it's worked when Emma and Regina kissed Henry. Going right to ripping Marion's heart out was pretty drastic, as Regina said. But... I think there's more to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows it's more for Regina yep. than for Marion. I I agree. And I think this really shows huge growth in the character. And again, some people don't like it. And yeah. I'm that's their opinion. But again, this is where the show is going. So Yeah. The Dark One, Mr. Gold, without his magic, may have been able to be blackmailed, but this is the all-powerful Dark One. Come on. Here are ten ways he could have easily taken care of Hook. Prove him all the way like he did with... Poof him away. Oh, poof him away like he did with Hook and Emma. Turn him into a bug or rat. Put him in Pandora's box. Erase his memory with a potion. Freeze him in place like Bell. Rip his heart out. Turn him into glass like Henry and Zelina. Made him explode like Cinderella's fairy. Turn him into a marionette puppet. Threatened to send a wraith after him. Yep, on and on. Yeah, and on. there are a lot of things he could have done. Maybe he is turning over a new leaf. I don't know. I don't know. Operation Mongoose. I know you brought this up in the first thoughts, but this was a great name seeing as how Operation Cobra was all about breaking the curse and revealing to everyone that Regina was the evil queen. An animal that kills cobras was very fitting and well-earned. Yep. And uh, Mai brought that out as well in her email. Yeah. But Monk- I like his twist on this because yeah. Operation Cobra really was about breaking the curse and revealing that she's the evil queen. Mm-hmm. And killing that operation with Mongoose is about killing her uh, mm-hmm. yep. reputation. As Evil Queen. Yep. So that's actually very, very good point. So that is a very fitting name, even more so than we originally thought, because we were thinking of it for the wrong reason. We were thinking that she chose it as, you know, a way to kill the whole Emma thing. But no, I think think he's right. I think he's on to it. It is exactly about killing her reputation as... fixing things. Exactly. Killing the reputation of the Evil Queen. Yep. Good. Really good point. Theories, Elsa and the Snow Queen theory. If the Snow Queen was trying to teach Elsa a lesson in Storybrooke by showing her people would turn on her when given the chance, maybe she did the same thing to her in her past. She was just like Elsa and probably loved her sister just as much until she married a man and became pregnant. But by some accident, she froze the baby's heart and her sister turned against her. With Anna, soon to be married, the Snow Queen tells Elsa that history could repeat itself. They both live in the ice castle until Anna, fearing her sister, may hurt people under the influence of the Snow Queen, traps her in the urn. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah? Yeah? It's a very real possibility. We, it's, very, it's very hard to tell what's the truth with Snow Queen at this point. We don't know. When, 
it's it's like a song repeating something you've heard before. You know, some people, it drives people crazy. But the whole sister idea, sister, 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 everyone's a well, sure. sister to somebody. So, yeah. Well, not really, but well, yeah, you know what I mean. I know. Emma's adoption theory, the way the Snow Queen said Emma's, Emma's name seemed to be out of fondness for her, not fear. I feel... I feel their relationship was a good one, or at least used to be. The Snow Queen appeared to have feelings for Emma when she saw her. My theory is she came to our world and adopted Emma after accidentally freezing her sister's unborn child. She is put in an urn to keep her from hurting anyone else. Once Elsa releases her from the urn, she feels all alone and seeks out Rumpelstiltskin. She wants a child who will love her unconditionally, but feels she will never be able to have one of her own. Rumpel makes a deal with her that would allow her to have a daughter, but would require her to live, require her to travel to another land. The only downside would be that when she became of a certain age, in order to break the curse, Emma's memory would have been, would be erased from ever knowing her. And new ones would take their place. This is what Rumpel was referring to when he asked her if Emma remembered her. When Emma's memories are restored, she will feel angry and hurt for being abandoned. We know from that deleted scene that Henry asked Rumpel to do the exact same thing. Was this scene giving us a hint to what happened in the past? In the end, Emma will come to see her as Henry sees Regina, an adoptive mother, who has done evil, but a bond and a love that can never be broken. This would also bring Emma closer to Henry and Regina as she will fully understand their relationship. I I do like the idea that when Rumpel said that to the Snow Queen, Mm -hmm. that it actually was not a bad thing, like evil bad, but it Mm -hmm. was a bad thing because it was good. Maybe. So. Maybe. Mini Ice Castle Theory, and not the movie with the skating people. (laughs) I like the idea that this castle may have neutralized Elsa's magic. I think it also is a memorial to remember the time she lived with Elsa in the Ice Castle. Burning Questions. The episode had us asking what happened to Frederick again. Yep. If Emma is the anti-savior, would that make her the antichrist? Maybe we should rethink that. Just saying. <laughs> a good point. Thanks, Brad, so much for that. Yeah. Interesting theories. So I, it will be really interesting to see what the relationship is between Emma and the Snow Queen. And I do believe it has to do with her past. And I do believe it has to do with her knowing her here in this land. Mm-hmm. Because Emma, as far as we know, was never in uh, Enchanted Forest until she went back in time. And the Wraith thing. Yep. All right, this is the last email is from Marilyn. And Marilyn uh, says this, I had a bet with myself as to which Storybrooke character would be the first to under the line let it go this season. My money was on Grumpy or possibly Hook since I figured that Adam and Eddie would write it into the show in a joking manner. So I was rather surprised that it was said in all earnestness by Archie Hopper to Snow about her anxious feelings toward literally letting go of her new baby so i guess i was wrong on that one yes and i still wish he would have helped her put the baby yeah. in the stroller i kept saying dude help her give her a hand nothing against Raphael. i got love for you Raphael, but 
you know, just a character. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, I will continue. I was thrilled Will Scarlet finally made his appearance on the show, and I look forward to his witty repartee and bloody hells with characters <laughs> such as Rumple and Hook. We've already got off to a great start with some of his lines to Emma and Charming. I thought he, I thought he brought the fun. He did. I love Regina's little snarky response to Snow about the painting. But my, <laughs> the funniest moment to me was, oh, Will, just, just be quiet, mate. I'm, you know, I'm trying to shh, be quiet. Yeah, you know, it's just was funny. funny. He's very funny. I especially like the one about his past dealings with sheriffs, which I am sure was a nod to the sheriff of Nottingham and the Robin Hood story. Finally, I'm glad that Hook finally confronted Emma about her constantly pushing him away and got her to admit her fears in losing him. I do so look forward to sun- Sunday's episode where we get to see Hook's satirical... Sartorial. Okay, what she said. And physical makeover and their first date. I am sure Colin O'Donoghue is glad to be trading that long leather coat for a more modern version. As, I, as I've heard him mention in one of the interviews that the costume costume was extremely heavy. Take care, Marilyn. And that's actually true. He said that when you put all that on and that whole duster coat and all that, oh, yeah. you stand differently. Oh, so yeah. it's almost you feel like your well, character. He has to, and yeah. Because so. it is, I can imagine it's extremely heavy. Yep. It's a nice thick leather. It is indeed. And now we have this. I love to hear what you think, even when it's not about me, your lovable little Teddy the Yeti. Leave us a voicemail at 657-333-0626. Let's see what's on your mind this time. We have a voice from the past. Here we go. Hey there. This is Dave from Michigan. Long time uh, since I've called. But I heard a line in the episode this Sunday, and... I can't get it out of my head. Repeatedly, I keep thinking about it. Henry says to Regina when he comes back with the supplies, Mom, you really got to clean out that vault. Generally, that's, uh, that people are probably thinking that was just a line to explain what took him so long. But I have this sinking sensation that that is going to become somewhat important in the near future, perhaps for the uh, part B, maybe who the writer of the, of the um of the book was i'm not sure exactly what's going to be the what it's going to be the catalyst for but i can't imagine that they would put that out that very well could be his voicemail got cut off yep that could be a connection to that for sure yeah you never know so thank you very much Dave from Michigan mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that voicemail. And we have this little cool bit to play here. Here we go. Are you looking for homemade quality ice cream? Well, then look no further than any given Sunday. You'll love our specialty flavors like Zelina's Green with Envy Tea, Walsh's Yellow Brick Rice Krispie Treat, Regina's Spiked Honey Crisp Apple Cider, Henry Cinnabon Swirl, and Peter Pan's Banana Split. You'll never hear the hum of a compressor at any given Sunday because we only use natural elements that can only be described as magical. Stop in today and try Bay's Abandoned Mint Chocolate Chip, Snow and Charming's Neelapolitan, 
Emma's Chocolate Bale Bonbons, Robin Hood's Double Trouble, and the ladies' favorite, Hook's Raleigh Jodger Rum Raisin. And don't forget to ask about our October flavor of the month, Wraith's Terror Masu. There's always a new flavor just around the corner, like Elsa's Ice Cream Sandwich, Sven's Yellow Snow Cone, Marshmallow Blast, and Just Let It Go To Your Thighs Butter Pecan. Any given Sunday, a frozen treat your heart won't ever forget. I want to thank Brad Pogris for that. Doing these little audio things are not easy. That's true. And so he has really done come a long way. I mean, it's an incredible thing. And so I thank him for that. He wrote that. <laughs> he recorded it. He mixed it. I mean, just you did a great job. Great stuff. Because so, I was sitting there thinking to myself, wow, some of those flavors kind of sound like they might be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No sprinkles, though. Don't no, do that. No, no sprinkles. No. No. So anyway, thank you so much, Brad, for that. I do want to talk about a few more things. And the one thing is I was emailing. I'm sorry. I was tweeting out certain things. And I said, I wonder, I, I will bet that Walking Dead fans would like Once Upon a Time. And so Jeremy from the Neverland podcast tweeted me back and said, we were talking about ice cream monsters. And uh, he goes, wait a minute, ice cream zombies. You have to eat them before they eat you. And he said, that should be a T-shirt. So I thought that was kind of, <laughs> you know, I mean, That's yeah. pretty funny. Ice cream. Yeah, that is pretty you, funny. Give me Chunky Monkey ice cream zombie. He's in trouble. That Boy. gives a whole new meaning to, to the name Chunky Monkey, by right. the way. Right. Ew. <laughs> so anyway, you can uh, listen to Jeremy and his Neverland podcast. And also want to bring up one more podcast and good friends of our Richard and Sarah, we've been all over with them. We yep. <laughs> to dinner at Disneyland. We've met Hades and the Evil Queen. Yeah, and uh, just so much fun hanging with them, talking with them. So if you love Star Wars and you love Disney, then you should check out their podcast, Skywalking Through Neverland. They're always doing something fun, mm -hmm. some type of fun interview, some type of fun topic. So go check them out for sure. And the next episode of Once Upon a Time is The Apprentice. Mm. Without Donald Trump, no one's getting fired that I know of. Well. But tomorrow. They might get fired, but not in the way we think. Yeah, true. So I want to send big love out to everybody. And if you're new to the podcast, big love is... A love that's so big that you can't keep it all. So take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else because they need it too. So what I want to tell you, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you have friends that are Once Upon a Time fans and they're kind of like, I don't know, I don't podcast, I'm not saying, you all and your friends that are Once Upon a Time fans, even if they're not, listen to the next few episodes which could be the next hundred. There are some really cool surprises that are coming. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you, mm -hmm. but the cool surprises that are coming. So be sure that you listen to the next first thoughts and then the rest of them. Mm -hmm. You never know. You never know what's going to happen on these podcasts. You never know. You just never know. We had, we had a lot of fun in season one, but we're going to have some more fun. So anyway, 
With that in mind, I think we've said everything we do. Yeah. Uh, one more quick thing is we are working on a watch party for Once Upon a Time at Dave & Buster's in Orange, California. Yes. So not much to talk about, but I just want to mention it. So if you're in the area or will be in the area, we'll talk about dates and that kind of thing later. Right. But until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen saying bye-bye. See you. Bye. Watch out for the ice cream. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone media production. Please contact or connect with us. You may hear your comments on an upcoming episode. We're on Twitter at OUAT Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OUAT Podcast, or leave a comment at the show notes. Contact us via email at feedback at once upon a time podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 657 333 06 Until next time, spread a little big love around. Rumpelstiltskin was voiced by Brad Pogress, and Teddy was voiced by me, the voice of Steve. You can check out my podcast, the voice of Steve podcast, free on iTunes. Say hi at Facebook.com slash voice of Steve, or see what I'm doing over on Twitter at The VOS Show. Check out everything I do from the podcast to voiceovers. I even have a blog sometimes at thevoiceofsteve.com. Hope to see you around, and thanks again for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast.